Hey gang, what's going on? And welcome to Talk in Vegas All Day with K.A. I'm your host, K.A. And on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the showboat hotel and casino, which at one time was a very popular hotel and casino in Las Vegas. Heck, the showboat in Atlantic City was a sister property. So what happened? It's a great dive. So make sure to stick around and check out today's episode. Which leads me into my question of the day. Have you ever visited, stayed, or even played at the showboat when it was around in Las Vegas? Leave a comment below and make sure to hit that like button. And if you like the show, please leave a comment or even better, click subscribe. And if you want to interact with me on social media, I'm on Twitter at VegasKA and on Instagram and Facebook at Talking Vegas All Day with KA. Also, this show is available on Apple, Spotify platforms as well. And with that, let's get started on today's episode of Talking Vegas All Day with me, KA. The history of the showboat began when William J. Moore of the Last Frontier and J. Kel Hassel of the Las Vegas Club built the property, which ended up being the first resort within the Las Vegas city limits. While Moore and Hassel would end up running the hotel portion resort, the casino duties were given over to the Desert Inn crew, which included mobster and famous philanthropist Mo Dallas, who we talked about during the history of the D episode. However, days prior to opening, a freak storm almost washed away from the property. Talk about a crazy opening, right? Repairs were made, luckily, and the showboat opened on September 3rd, 1954, with 100 rooms, a pool, and a casino at the cost of $2 million. The opening act, Minsky's Follies, provided the entertainment. In the beginning, the resort was very unsuccessful and found it very difficult to compete with the larger and flashier casinos on the Strip. So traffic and hotel customers were slow and Moore and Hassel were in the red and changes in management were made. Now enter the new management team led by Joe Kelly, who at the time made his fame as manager of an offshore casino boat in Southern California in the 1940s. And he took that resume and opened the El Cortez in 1941, along with Bubsy Siegel. He would be tasked with taking over management. The new showboat would not compete with the Las Vegas Strip for big name, expensive entertainment, and would altogether abandon the Vegas tradition of attracting high rollers with complimentary rooms and credit. Instead, the showboat turned to the locals and the low roller market and family tourist trade. Key components in the hotel's new direction were the following. Institution of a 49-cent breakfast and a construction of a 24-lane bowling center, which was completed in 1959. At the same time, the showboat began its emphasis on high-margin slot machines over gambling tables. The bowling alley at the time also became the showboat's signature attraction, and it would go on to host nationally televised PBA tournaments. Showboat bowling leagues were organized in Los Angeles, Phoenix, and offers winners free trips to Las Vegas for the championships events. As they entered the 1960s, the showboat continued to grow 
and see expansion, both as a hotel and a casino. The first expansion doubled the rooms to 200 and added a casino space to the property. A few years later, more rooms, hotel, and a pool renovation were made. And one of the biggest changes was the emphasis of the Mississippi Riverboat theme, along with two-story paddle wheels during the redesign of the property. Also to finance this project, the showboat changed their name to Showboat Incorporated and went public as a company, the second Las Vegas company to do so. As we turn to page to the 70s, it continued a wave of expansion. A bingo hall was built, which only increased the showboat's profitability. A 19-story tower was built in two phases beginning in the 70s and was completed in 1973. And by 1975, the company had 40,000 square foot and more than 1,000 slot machines and expanded the bingo parlor to 850 seats. And they completed the 19-story tower at the end of the 70s. Add to that, the 16-lane bowling alley in 1979 was the third largest bowling alley in the world. Wow, that's pretty crazy when you think about it. And while it was still a small operation by Vegas Sanders, as the 70s finally came to close, the showboat had developed a popular reputation with local families and repeat tourists and remained profitable, paying dividends throughout the 70s. And like most things in the 80s, companies grew and entered new horizons, and the showboat was no different. An unused space in the second floor was converted into a sports pavilion and at the time rivaled Caesars to prime boxing matchups throughout the 80s. Also, AWA Wrestling taped shows there and the Las Vegas Thunderbirds had their roller derby matches there as well. The showboat was red hot and looking to expand. Instead of heading west, they looked east. Where else? Atlantic City, my backyard. To build a new property and the Ocean's Showboat was built in Lang City. Now, without going into a lot of detail, let's just say while on the onset, it looked like a big win for the showboat in Lang City, the growth and expansion of the company was ultimately starting to fade as more and more debt was being taken on by the Lang City expansion. And while things in Vegas were good, the company's profits were growing more and more in the red as the company's stock market began to sink. Hassel replaced Kelly as the chairman. The property was still doing well in Vegas. And while AC took up the profits, Vegas was busy renovating the properties with a parking garage, two restaurants, a bingo parlor expansion, which replaced the old outdated sports pavilion and increased the casino area by 78%. As the 90s entered the picture, the company began moving to the riverboat casino business and threw their hat into that ring. But again, legal troubles and financial issues all but derailed any long-term success there. But as the 90s continued on, the showboat was beginning to lose its base to the mega resorts on the Strip that were now also focusing on family and the local crowd as well. The showboat again spent $28 million to revamp and refocus once again, back to its core market, the locals and the families. But it was not as successful as it was in the 70s and 80s. And while things in Atlantic City were starting to improve and gain a following for the first time in a decade, the opposite was to be had in Las Vegas. 
and was sold to Harris Entertainment for $23.5 million in 2000, which is funny because many people began confusing Harris for the showboat since both had showboats out in front at the same time. Harris not wanting to sell the showboat name, but not wanting people to confuse it with the Atlantic City property, decided to name it Castaways, which would begin a four-year run as a hotel and casino. But that's a story for another episode. So my thoughts, gang. Overall, I hope you enjoyed that little trip down memory lane. The showboat sounded like an amazing place. I mean, you had AWA wrestling, you had boxing. I mean, this was a happening place. And from the research I did, it almost sounded like this company thought they had more than what they needed. And as they entered the 80s, they were trying to go for broke, which at the end of the day, I kind of commend them for. You see that a lot with a lot of these stories when I deep dive. They go big and it doesn't work. At the same time, some of the properties that are still staying in Las Vegas went big and now are mega multi-million billion dollar companies. You can't fall them for that. I think at the end of the day, this is kind of when I was looking at this, reminded me of the beginnings of the themed hotels. I mean, there were some on the strip, but this one really kind of did it right in that catered to the locals. And I still think that on the strip in downtown, that's a lost art nowadays. And I get why. It's all about the money and the profitability. But this just sounded like a place I would like to hang out in. So there you go. An amazing story of the showboat, hotel, and casino. And I hope you enjoyed it again, gang. I've included the resources and references and links below. So please go check out. There's pages and articles. And there's some really good stuff on there that could cover for hours and hours. So that's our show for today. Make sure to hit that like button. And if you like the show, please leave a comment or even better, click subscribe. I'd love to hear from you. And if you want to interact with me again, I'm on social media on Twitter at Vegas underscore KA and on Instagram and Facebook at Talking Vegas All Day with KA. Also, the show is available on Apple and Spotify podcast platforms as well. If you have ever visited the showboat, please let me know, leave a comment, reach out to me on Twitter. I'd love to hear about it. And so would J.A. We always love hearing from you guys. And that's all the time we have for today's episode. And we'll see you next time on Talking Vegas All Day with me, K.A.